Right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code BETTINGPOD. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged to Snap last week. Go check out the highest graded players from Week 11. Look to find some early value on spread picks and player props for Week 12. What do you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and College Football betting dashboards, grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. A player prop tool which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Support the pod and use promo code BETTINGPOD for 25% off any subscription. Welcome in. It is Thanksgiving Thursday on the PFF Betting Podcast. We have three NFL games we are uh, maybe excited for. I know there's some, you know, questions about how good all three of these games are going to be, but I think, you know, I think we are going to be pleasantly surprised uh, with all three matchups. So first, Kevin, how do you feel about the Thanksgiving slate? What game are you looking forward to the most? I mean, how could you not be looking forward to a... I guess it's Andy Dalton versus Jared Goff. I think Goff is now in line to start it this. Sounds, so how could you not be yeah. looking forward to it? Because you talk about being pleasantly surprised. Is it possible to be disappointed by this matchup? That's what exactly. I was wondering. Exactly. Because you've it, got to figure the expectation level is pretty low. So um, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. And let, let's face it. We're, we're going to watch this thing because... Especially if you're like me in the East Coast, East Coast time frame, you got nothing else on until 4:30 in the afternoon. So what are you going to do? Like sit around and talk right. to your family? Yeah, you know, watch some Thanksgiving parade or something like that. I don't know what else is on TV. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Worse. I, I think it's nice. You know, if you're a pessimist or something, that's nice because you're either you're either right or you're pleasantly surprised. And I do think that's what's going to happen uh, in this matchup here. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Betting market minus three for Chicago hasn't really moved off that line a whole lot. 41 and a half point total. Green line does show value on both the spread and total a little bit. That is influenced, um, you know, what I'm seeing from a prop market. But I want to hear first, what are your thoughts uh, from a showdown perspective? Is this a spot where you are loading up on the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton here, maybe in the captain spot, or how are you uh, approaching this particular slate of one game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. You know, the the contests get a little bit bigger as as you move on during the day. So for the most part, I'm really concentrating on the late contest because that's the million dollar contest, the the evening game, the Saints, Buffalo Bills. And now we have Alvin Kamara officially out, which really kind of throws things into a little bit of a question here because we don't know if Mark Ingram's going to play. You got Tony Jones Jr., who's priced down extremely low. I mean, for instance, their captain salaries here. Ingram's over at 13000 and Tony Jones is at 900 So that right. gives you an idea of, of how low someone like that is. So I think he's going to be the X factor in this game is Tony Jones Jr. with Kamara out, how much Mark Ingram's going to play. And then, of course, Josh Allen, whenever he's playing, because he has that dual threat sort of role. So he and Lamar Jackson are always the highest owned and the highest possibility of being the 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 captain because not only do they throw touchdowns, but they run touchdowns and they basically eliminate the chance the uh, a significant chance for their running backs to be the winning captain in these matchups. Right, definitely. So that is interesting, right? I do think uh, maybe if you are playing the late slate, obviously you need to understand the injury situation with the Saints if they are even going to be relevant. What do you think that does for like uh, the Bills' defense, especially? Right, I think they could be a spot that people gravitate toward, especially if the injury situation breaks really poorly for the Saints. Uh, how are they popping up in your particular models for like the flex position and those sorts of spots? 
Yeah, yeah. Let me scroll down. Let's do a little scroll in here. Do the scrolling uh, action. Yeah, scrolling to bed. Uh, we don't have sound effects for that. Yeah, so they are, eh, it, it's about even value here. The Saints are maybe a little bit more value just because they are, are projecting quite a bit lower uh, roster ship for them. And the Saints defense is pretty good. I mean, in some ways, if you're going to say that the Saints defense is just as good as the Bills defense, I wouldn't argue with you. It's a possibility, right? right? They'll be at home. Josh Allen has done this weird thing where this season, I think some people are pointing to his regression versus what he did last season. And yeah, he's a little bit worse than last season. But what's happened in a few of these games is he's had turnovers. And turnovers, he actually didn't really turn the ball over that much a couple of years ago. He just had no high-end play. So he still has the high-end play this year, but his turnovers have been upping up a bit. So I think that's an interesting potential play when you look at a team that's that's at home that can maybe get a turnover or something like that. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like you are almost gravitating toward uh, the Saints on the yes. spread at plus six. You, you do like I that am. spot. What about, what about the total then? How do you see the total breaking out at 45 and a half? I mean, I think the total is fair. I think it's it's there are questions now about the Bills offense, how they're going to end up playing against them, the quote-unquote, you know, too high shells, everything else. If you want to, you know, if you want to talk to someone who thinks they know what they're talking about, it's not me when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. But Allen has been a very up-and-down player. I think that's the problem with Allen when, when projecting him, is if you look at his season-long stats, they don't look that bad. But right. then he just completely beat down on teams like the Jets, and then he did Jeez, nothing against the Jaguars. Uh, he did nothing again. Oh, yeah, the Chiefs also. So the Chiefs and the Jets, and then he has done nothing against teams like the Jaguars, and then last week against the Colts, Colts he had some, yeah. some struggles too. He had struggles early in the season against the Miami Dolphins when they played at the Dolphins. So uh, this could be another one of those struggle games. So if you're going to go under, I would not mind that. Although Trevor Simeon's been all right, right? He's, he's, right. he's been okay. He's been willing to push the ball down the field too. So that's another reason why if you're interested in the defenses of this matchup, uh, we saw the pick six from him last week. But I think because of that, then maybe some people would be a little bit too hot on the Bills' defense after seeing uh, Darius Slay take back the pick six last week. Right, definitely. So we do have, you know, uh, um, Josh Allen, that 4.5% turnover-worthy play, 4.04% turnover-worthy play percentage. I think that's uh, fifth overall so far in the NFL uh, yeah. behind guys like, you know, Colt McCoy, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. Uh, so not necessarily the great company, obviously high variance play. Uh, so yeah, his actual interceptions Saints. have not been that bad. I think his yeah, interceptions he, have been a little bit over 2%. So I think he has the most turnover the plays that did not actually result in, an result in a turnover. So you'd, right. you'd expect that to to up, to, to tick up a bit, the ratio of turnovers to turnover the plays to get a little bit higher as we go forward. Yeah, definitely. So I, I like that quite a bit. I got a question. I need to ask you about Devin Singletary mm -hmm. or this, you know, Bill's backfield in general. I like Devin Singletary over 9.5 receiving yards. I also kind of like him over 40.5 rushing or receiving yards. Uh, they have a little bit of this three-headed rotation. How do you kind of see, you know, the shares breakdown happening in the Bill's backfield? How does how does game script kind of indicate that? And how do you kind of see playing that from a showdown perspective? Are you avoiding all three of the guys? Uh, right now in the Bills' backfield, or how are you? How are you approaching it based on you know how you see the shares kind of allocated? Yeah, yeah. If you're playing a lot of lineups, I think that it is a good idea to get in on both Moss and Singletary because it's one of those things where you just never know. You never know right. what's going to end up happening there. Uh, some people may be even thinking about the fact that Matt Breida was strangely involved in a blowout game uh, a while, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, not last week, but a couple of weeks ago. So maybe there will be some hesitancy because of that. And if you look at last week, it looks like the 
the the breakout there. Um, yeah, actually, no. It looks like last week there was kind of like Brita. Is it Brita that it had was more Brita. carries? It was the, the other Brita guys? season last week. He did, oh yeah, he so it was have... last week. I, I thought it was two weeks ago. So yeah, I'm looking here. It looks like Brita had about 38 percent of the share, 23 apiece for the other two, and then when it comes to their receiving share, uh, the targets mostly went to Singletary. So I can see where you're going there. Although there were routes being run at least by the other guys to a, to a decent amount. So yeah, I think I would lean Singletary first. He's only a little bit more expensive than than Moss when it comes to showdown and yeah if you wanted to play Singletary that would be the way to go they got to get something I mean everyone's talking about it. they got to get something going on the ground because of how they're attacking these two high shells maybe they'll continue to try to you know push on a string here and see if they can actually do it but um I don't know I, I wouldn't mind if they just go back to ripping it and just passing it 20 straight times to start the game as they had done a yeah. few times last season Every scripted play, throw a pass play. So, yeah, Zach Moss, 28% snap offensive snaps played last week. Zach Breed at 29% snaps played last week. And then uh, the old Devin Singletary at 36%. So if that holds, could be Devin Singletary yeah. taking a step forward. I like I like him quite a bit to, you know, have some success in the receiving game. Uh, he has been, you know, as involved as this check down guy for Josh Allen. I do think, uh, you know, the, the Saints defense has been, you know, playing well above expectation. Third overall in PFF's opponent-adjusted defensive grade. Really solid against the run. So I think if they're going to get anything going, it's going to be Devin Singletary maybe a little bit out of the backfield throwing. Then, of course, you know, Stephon Diggs, Manuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, all downfield as well. So we'll see how this game plays out. I'm kind of interested uh, in this particular match. But let's go in reverse order then since we started okay. with the maybe the best game. Let's talk about... Uh, game number two, when, you know, the comatose is setting in for people, we got Raiders, Cowboys, uh, you know, Cowboys staple on Thanksgiving Thursday, seven and a half point favorite, 51 and a half point total. Um, you know, nobody really knows what to make of the Raiders right now. Dallas Cowboys receiving situation, definitely in flux. No Amari Cooper sounds like CeeDee Lamb leaning more towards a doubtful, questionable status game time decision with that concussion. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. How are you kind of seeing this one from the showdown perspective? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the showdown, again, I'm not, I haven't been concentrating on showdown as much as I've been looking yes. at this from a betting perspective because of the fact that it, it has these smaller contests here. I mean, I don't know. I've heard some people, is it a little bit too obvious of a case, the people talking about the under here with the Raiders offense struggling? Dallas, we don't know what's going to happen. It, it's, I don't, I'm actually, the tea leaves that I'm reading, re CD Lamb, sounds like he's going to play. Yeah, I think he had I think he had a practice. I think he had a full I think he had like almost a practice. I don't know if it was a full practice, but he seemed like he, he practiced limited. today. So okay, if, if you're okay. it, like why would you send him out there to practice if you weren't gonna have him come come back? I, I don't I had trouble, you know, I'm not a uh doing a TV doctor or whatever, but I think he looked like he kind of shook things off decently last game, even though he was ruled out of the game. Uh, you know, at, at halftime, right after that play, uh, right before the half and the interception where he hurt himself. So he may he may end up playing. So that you know, complicates things a little bit, but this Raiders offense really has not been able to do anything since Henry Ruggs has been gone the last handful right. of weeks. Right, definitely. No real deep threat. Obviously, the side Deshaun Jackson, he hasn't really been all that involved whatsoever. Have seen a little bit more Darren Waller, uh, you know, underneath, but yeah, they don't really have anybody taking the top of the defense, so that's been a little bit of a nightmare. Obviously, there's some things in flux with the Raiders that, you know, our betting model isn't taking into account, but we do like them at plus seven and a half on the spread, is that a spot that you would, you know, maybe get involved with from a betting perspective? Or do you think this is going to be one-sided in the Cowboys' favor here on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, no, I, I, not, not going to get involved on this. I mean, it is tough. Seven and a half is good. It's a good number, right? right? If you were interested in 
the Raiders at all. Uh, a lot of the numbers that I have where I do these adjusted scores, where I look at some different success rate measures and other measures to try to figure out what the actual score was versus an adjusted score, that the Dallas comes, the Cowboys come up looking really, really good in these numbers as a very strong team and the Raiders not as much so, even though in the actual score differentials, maybe they're a little bit closer. Uh, so I think it's fair to, to have it at seven and a half. I mean, if I was going to lean a direction, maybe towards the Raiders, but uh, I'd probably just stay away from this one. There we go. There we go. I can get on board with that. I definitely don't feel overly confident betting the Raiders, uh, this version of them definitely right now. One prop that I do really like, uh, I know you think this one is coming. Dak Prescott, over 9.5 rushing yards. Uh, like we said earlier, Amari Cooper not playing. Maybe it does sound like CeeDee Lamb is leaning toward the probable status, uh, kind of like Kevin Dak said. Dak is way too athletic for you. Way to too athletic for 9.5. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. So let's wait, let's wait for like Andy Dalton or Jared Come Goff. Come on. I numbers. mean, it's so low. It's still in, you know, single-digit number, 9.5 rushing That's true. It is, had, it is pretty he, low. He didn't have any rush attempts or scrambles last week against the Chiefs. Uh, that was the first week since we Well, you know, the Raiders can bring pressure too, right? Exactly. So he may be forced out. He may be forced exactly. out on he some He may scrambles. be forced out, especially if they struggle a little bit. Uh, you know, the receivers gaining separation downfield. You know, Raiders have the third highest pressure rate in the NFL. Don't necessarily have to blitz a whole lot. Are going to stick into that cover three scheme that they basically never move out of. So I think we're going to see Dak Prescott scrambling here a little bit. Over 9.5. It's just too easy. So lock that player prop in. Is there any other player props that you like in this particular matchup? No, no. I think I, I think I was looking through this. This is not quite as interesting to me. I'm I'm actually somewhat interested, and we need to make sure people have options when it comes to betting on this early game. Um, got, I like the Bears. I like the Bears a little bit here. What, what do you What do you think about this? Because it's three points. I think I see right here. Um, supposedly. I was reading on the Twitter bot, which is probably got a accuracy of around five, ten percent of what it's saying. But I was reading that they said that a lot of money was coming in on the Lions, which I was a little surprised by. I don't know how Andy Dalton functioned this. Can he be that much worse than what Justin Fields has been from an efficiency perspective? So I don't know. Three points in Detroit, according to some numbers, according to our power ranking numbers, we hate Detroit. We hate the Lions. Right. I think we put them right. down as being even worse than the Texans this year. So what do you think about that number? Yeah, definitely. So I already have some Bears minus three. I'm not going to lie. I am going a little bit counter market. We have 57% of the cash, 52% of the tickets on Detroit. Uh, I just think that's wrong, right? I do think yeah. Bears should be at least a four-point favorite, if not a little bit more. Um, I agree with you. Andy Dalton does give the Bears, um, you know, he has been better from an EPA per pass perspective than what Justin Fields has been when he's been in. So I do think their offense overall could take, you know, a decent step forward. But this is still a Lions defense. 32nd. Uh, in our opponent-adjusted grades, really poor, you know, performance defensively. I like the Bears minus three. I, I also like Andy Dalton over 1.5 passing touchdowns, like a plus 125 price if you can find it. I think we're going to see the Red Rockets show out here a little bit on Thanksgiving morning, and I think that's uh, the only approach I have. And maybe, maybe, maybe they end up saving Matt Nagy's job for at least one more week. That's uh, that's my read on the match. But I want to hear what you think, though. <laughs> well, let's hope not there. Let's hope, hope not, not there. Although I feel bad. I kind of, like, you know, I have this very uh, unhealthy, like, contrarian streak. So I do kind of right, feel bad for, for Matt Nagy, his... His kid, his, his son playing high school football, is they're, they're yelling, fire ridiculed. Matt Nagy at him right. when, when he's on the field. <laughs> Everyone hates him. Every, at least the, the, the good thing that we can have for this game is it's bad to have no Justin Fields, but then we won't have to hear from every single person on Twitter every five seconds about how bad the play calling is because right. if Andy Dalton does well, everyone will actually be upset about that. So it'll be the right. opposite. They're, they'll be hoping for destruction here for 
for uh, Nagy. Yeah, I think it's a pretty contrast, pretty good contrast in coaching. Like it seems like uh, Motor City Dan Campbell is is loved by by his team, despite the results not being so so hot this season. So yeah, I, I can see I, I can see them you know coming to play a little bit here. It'll be interesting, but I think that Dalton is going to give you more passing the ball. He gets rid of the ball more quickly, although he won't necessarily need to in this matchup, but they don't have great protection. He did a great job last week of adjusting the protections and then scoring that big touchdown on 4th and 11. The problem is they've just really grinded the ball down the field with him. So it'll be interesting to see if they could get anything better going here. I think the running game could be more important than anything else as far as setting them up in position to score. Uh, and then Dalton can, can maybe get a score or two once we get into the side of the red zone. On Thanksgiving, be thankful for family, food, and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports branding partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit and you can play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code PFF this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. So that is why another one of my favorite props here for this game, David Montgomery over 17.5 carries. Uh, you know, I think he was at like 65% uh, offensive snaps sh- or rushing attempt share in his first week back from that knee sprain, 75% last week. So he is, you know, the de facto number one running back in this offense. It's not going to be Khalil Herbert anymore. So if they are salting away a victory, I do think they're going to rely heavily on Montgomery. Over 17.5 carries, do you, I do think, is What, what do you think about DeAndre number. Swift? I see we have a little bit of value on the under on his receiving yards. Yeah. People are probably overvaluing him, if anyone. I feel like a blind bet against DeAndre Swift with everyone going nuts on Swift would be a good bet, even if, you know you know what I mean? Just, like, purely <laughs> right. go against sentiment right now. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I've not been on the DeAndre Swift bandwagon all offseason. I am getting called out for that take now, but he was a person that I was, you know, actively fading at his ADP. Uh, and I, you know, honestly still kind of am, right? I mean, even last week against the Browns, wasn't all that efficient on the ground. Did have one long run. Browns defense kind of broke down a little bit. Yeah, third and that, eight. How do you give up that, a 62-yard yeah, touchdown on third and exactly. eight? Yeah. I mean, and that yeah. was, you know, basically... A little bit under half his yards, but basically a huge chunk of it right there. Other than that, he didn't really do a whole lot. So, well, it was tough when when Boyle had seventy seven passing yards. Right, in the game. right, right, right. So, I mean, I just think, but those that's like that's the idea that I thought was going to play out with the Detroit Lions this year. They have been a lot more competitive uh, than what I gave them credit for in the preseason. But I do still think toward yeah. the end of the season, trying to wrap up this own seventeen year, it's going to be a little bit more of a train wreck offensively for the Detroit Lions in general. And I think fading Swift. Over that yeah, stretch, I like that. So uh, let, let, let's go under on Swift. Out. Never, never take it L. Never take it right. L. Just continue doubling down. That's what, I mean. This that's is, this is that's the, good... the gambler's mentality. That's how you end up winning in the end, right? It's just yeah. or the going only time broke. you lose is when you stop doubling down, right? Yeah. The only time you lose or going broke and losing your family, but right. you know, yeah, details, right? So who knows for sure? But okay, I like that DeAndre Swift under sixty-four point five rushing yards. 
or under 32.5 receiving yards. What one then do you like better? I'm going to say receiving yards. I think everyone's going to be on the receiving the receiving yard number. Since Dan Campbell is... I think I read that he took back over the play calling a, a number of weeks ago. Okay. They've had these games where the pass ratio has been insane. Like they've been passing 10, 15% under what's been expected on a game by game basis, even when they're losing the entire game. So I think for that reason, I would go a little bit under golf could probably stretch it out to actually get the ball to some of the receivers a bit more than Boyle, assuming that golf is going to play here. So I think I would go with the receiving yards here. Cause that's going to be the, the, the thing that everyone's going to look at for swift. Yeah, definitely. So he has gone over in six of 10 games so far this season on his receiving yards. Probably. Never taken out. But, but in his last three games, He's gone under in each one of those last three. And yeah. last week, he had exactly zero receiving yards. So I'm on board <laughs> with it. I like it quite a bit. I'm locking that one in. Uh, that, that's got to be the lock of the week here coming up on the PFF betting podcast. So we will see any final words of wisdom, Kevin? Any other things you want to get off your chest before Thanksgiving? I'm assuming you are a person that doesn't like Thanksgiving, but is probably sick or doesn't like turkey, but is probably sick of hearing of all the other people that don't like turkey as well. What's your no, take you on know, I don't mind turkey. I kind of like, okay. like turkey. Okay. You know, I was listening to... Um, there's a, there's an athletic podcast with, uh, Mitchell Schwartz on there and he was saying that his number one item is gravy. And I think I'd have to agree with him. Like I'm, I'm actually pretty big and I don't like the complaining about, about the Turkey. You know, we can just, you know, just keep it to yourself, you know, I'm a, I'm a red blooded American here and you know, what am I going to say? You know, it's all about football, Turkey gravy, stuffing, all that sort of stuff. This is this is this is all good stuff here. So right. uh, I mean I'm gonna stay off of the Twitter streets about this, but the contrarianism when it comes to uh hating on Thanksgiving meals is something that I want to avoid as much as I want to avoid the Twitter uh, offensive coordinators telling Matt Nagy that he doesn't know what he's doing on a play by play basis. Exactly. I guess I'm not even gonna ask you your opinion on mac and cheese now. We can get into that a different day of the week or something. I don't but I've never had you. mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Maybe we're just right. on a mac and cheese household. We're not like right. we're from you know, but uh, but I'm for it. Hey, well, you why are not? for it. Yeah. I hear like, people yeah, say, yeah, I hear people because I'm not a huge mac and cheese guy either. Maybe I'm just not eating the correct mac and cheese or something. It's but not it's great. always been. I'll it's just been say it's overrated, right? Yeah, it's overrated. Yes, yeah, in my opinion. yeah, yeah. It's definitely overrated. I mean, there it depends, especially if it's dry or something, and it's like you're just you're just carving out a chunk to, to slap on your plate. Um, sometimes it can be okay. Sometimes not so good. So yeah, I think it's overrated, but. Hell, you know, I, I just like to eat, so I'll just, just I, I'll, eat. I'll eat that also. It's always good to have about ten to twelve different sections of your plate with different things during Thanksgiving. Exactly. So bring bring it on, bring it on. Optionality, they say. I agree with you. I do. I I don't love turkey, but I will eat it once a year, especially with the gravy. The gravy is key. I definitely agree with you on that. Get some mashed potatoes in there, maybe a little bread roll, something like that. It's all you really need for Thanksgiving, and the stuffing is key as well. So I like it. I think we're on the same page with that. On the same page with all the best bets, make sure you check out Kevin Cole's showdown slate analysis coming up, especially if you're locking in one of those million-dollar entries for that Buffalo Bills New Orleans Saints showdown. So it'll be great. Check out all the pff.com slash betting tools that we have available. Green line, best bets, player props, they're all there for you to get some action on this Thanksgiving slate so that you don't have to sit there and you know talk politics with your family members. So we're here to help people. From Ben Brown, joined by Kevin Cole, we appreciate you all listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. There we go.